February 14th, 2019. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Poke Runyon. And tonight we present a discussion on the first ancient astronaut theorists. Before Van Dennegan, Sitchin, and the rest, there was Richard Shaver and Ray Palmer and the Shaver Mystery. In recent years, more and more of their fantastic 1940s revelations about ancient extraterrestrial aliens and their high technology and their continued influence on and interference in earthly affairs, mind control, child trafficking, and madness, has been confirmed and exploited by later whistleblowers such as Tom DeLonge, Corey Good, David Wilcock, and others. It seems that Shaver and Palmer wrote their History Channel documentary scripts, but are never credited as the original source. Are these ancient aliens still with us? Our original ancient astronaut theorists say yes. So, tune in and let's return to the thrilling days of yesteryear and revisit the Shaver mystery. Now, in recent years, the History Channel has been running and rerunning a series of documentaries produced by Prometheus Entertainment called Ancient Aliens, which presents archaeological evidence and expert commentary to support the idea that the human race was influenced and perhaps even founded by extraterrestrial aliens or ancient astronauts. Now, this theory is combined and augmented by accounts of alien abductions, mysterious disappearances, UFO sightings, electronic implants, and mind control. And all these phenomena and themes have resulted in another docudrama series called Project Blue Book, which is running presently, which is obviously a redo of the 1980s X-Files in which the UFOs, the ETs, and even extra-dimensional vehicles are shown but not confirmed. UFO expert Alan Hynek, 1910-1986, is the authority anchor for Blue Book, while Eric Van Dannigan, David Childress, and David Wilcock, Zachariah Sitchin, who's deceased, and Corey Good, are the ancient astronaut theorists who always say yes on the History Channel. But they all owe their theories and their scenarios to science fiction's odd couple, Richard Sharp Shaver and Raymond A. Palmer. Palmer, 1910-1977, is best remembered as the creator and longtime editor of the 1950s Fate magazine, which gave a public platform to the flying saucer craze. But he launched the 1940s Shaver mystery, which preceded the 1950s UFO phenomenon. In the 1940s, Palmer was editor of Amazing Stories, a science fiction pulp magazine which also featured Edgar Rice Burroughs' John Carter of Mars stories. Palmer was a recovered cripple, almost a dwarf, compared to his protege Richard Shaver, 1910-1975, who was a strapping former lumberjack. Shaver also had a history of mental illness, which he concealed from Palmer and his readers. He had been hearing voices since his teenage years. He claimed to be in contact with the survivors of ancient alien astronauts of the elder race, still living in a network of caverns under the earth and communicating with surface people via ancient telepathic ray machines. Most of these subterranean dwellers were degenerates, their brains poisoned by the radioactivity from the machines they used. They were the Darrows. 
They were cannibals and vampires. The good dwellers, underground dwellers, were the tarot, whom Shaver was finally able to contact. He was released in an astral form from prison, it was probably a sanitarium, by a beautiful tarot blind girl, Nadia, who led him to her secret lair in the caverns, where she taught him the mysteries of the subterranean world and introduced him to stimrays, which enhanced sexual experiences. Shaver wrote two autobiographical novels, Mandark, written in 1944, first published in 1961, and again in 2008, and The Dreammakers in 1958. I wrote the introduction to the most recent publication of Mandark, which I will read. Congratulations! You have in hand a work that contains the only novel by Richard S. Schaefer that was never released to the public in any popular mass-market publication. Mandark was serialized in Chester S. Geyer's The Shaver Mystery Magazine and published in complete form by Raymond A. Palmer in The Hidden World, both of which were small-press, limited-circulation journals available only to die-hard fans of The Shaver Mystery. Mandark was Shaver's first effort at fictionalizing his personal discovery of the caves and his initiation into the subterranean world of the Darrows and the Tarot. Like his last novel, The Dreammakers, which was published in Fantastic Stories July 1958, Mandark is in some aspects autobiographical and is an essential key to understanding Shaver and his mystery. Why was Mandark never published in Amazing Stories? Uh, or Other Worlds, that was a Palmer's Later magazine, went over 25 other Shaver stories and novels, graced, Shaver's critics would say, disgraced their, their pages. Because it was too controversial, even in the context of the Shaver mystery. Rumor had it that when Mandark was submitted to Ziff Davis, one of the secretaries started to read it and was so shocked that she became physically ill. If you consider that the story features a giant black cave baby who grows up to be Jehovah and begins his telepathic instructions to the baby Jesus while he is in the Virgin Mary's womb, you have an idea of why the novel never enjoyed a popular publication. But Shaver's biblical extrapolations in Mandark didn't end there. He went on to rerun the Samson and Delilah story, delivering his black elder godling, as Samson, Yahweh, into the clutches of the seductive, satanic, and sadistic Darrow Princess, who devised an endless series of high-tech tortures and super-scientific agonies that would have delighted the Marquis de Sade if he had had the imagination to envision them. All of this was reason enough to exclude the novel from the popular media. However, for serious students of the Shaver mystery, this was a good thing. With Mandork, we, are, we not only have Shaver in the raw, we have an original description of Shaver's prehistory of the Elder Gods from outer space, the origin of planet Earth, and the beginning of the human race that has not been redefined and reworked by Raymond A. Palmer. Palmer said as much in his editorial introducing the novel in Hidden World, just as Shaver originally wrote it. For people who like their alternative mythologies to fit together without contradictions or multiple choices, Mandark will present some problems. Old Shaver fans, myself included, grew up on the mystery the way Ray Palmer wanted it to develop. 
Palmer launched his own version at the outset by rewriting a 10,000-word essay by Shaver called A Warning to Future Man into a 36,000-word novel, I Remember Lemuria. Amazing Stories, March 1945, and Hidden World Number 1, Spring 1961. That's still available. Basically, the Palmer-Shaver scenario was this. The elder gods came to Earth when the sun was young and healthy and sending out beneficial rays. But then the aging sun went dis, and detrimental radiation began to affect all life on Earth. Most elder gods decided to leave the planet, but others created a vast network of artificial caverns to escape the radiation. All this took place over 12,000 years ago, and by the time civilization rose on the surface, the cave dwellers had suffered from the radiation they tried to escape and had mutated into a race of troglodytes roughly divided into two camps, the Duro and the Taro. By the way, there's... uh, Recent archaeological evidence that actually something like that really did happen back back about that time, uh, solar flare, and, and people did dig underground to escape the uh, solar radiation. Now, the Darrow were at best evil pranksters and at worst homicidal maniacs. The Tarot were nice folks, but very secretive and suspicious. They had to be. The Darrow outnumbered them, and all underground dwellers had access to ancient ray machines that could read minds at great distances, launch deadly rays, and even bring people to heights of sexual ecstasy. In Mandark, Shaver's muse and succubus is a blind tarot girl called Nadia, who is his stem lover and telog teacher. If these terms are new to you, then you are new to the Shaver mystery, and Mandark is a good place to start. We use the evil, voluptuous, and sadistic Duro princess Lila Onderde from Mandark as the model for the Duro princess in our recent Shaver mystery film, Beyond Lemuria, which we'll review later. Where Mandark diverges from the later Palmer Shaver version of the mystery is in the origin of Earth's cavern world itself. In this earliest version, Shaver tells us that the Earth was once a dark planet in deep space, far beyond any sun. In this original conception, our Earth was honeycombed with the great cavern cities of the elder gods, long before it was captured and pulled into orbit around the sun. And the exodus of the elder gods took place before this event occurred, and it was the lower strata of the population that could not be evacuated soon enough and who became the abandoned Dero, the abandoned Dero, of the later sun-poisoned Earth. Shaver presented a dramatized version of this exodus taken from one of Nadia's collection of ancient thought records in Mandark. Perhaps under Palmer's influence, Shaver provides us with a footnote in which he concedes that some of the elders might have come back and settled on the surface of our planet when it became habitable. Will we ever know, Shaver asks. This version of Earth's beginnings does not line up with the later sequence of events as published in Amazing Stories under Shaver's byline. Should we therefore join the ranks of skeptics and declare the whole Shaver mystery a hoax? Well, certainly not. Recall what I stated above. For people who like their alternative mythologies to fit together without contradictions or multiple choices, Mandark will present some problems. And unlike people who uh, want to believe 
six impossible things before breakfast. I think it's okay to believe six impossible things before breakfast, providing they're not mutually contradictory. But the same critique might be applied to Hindu, Greek, and even biblical mythology. In this case, the diversity tends to reinforce the validity of Shaver's visions as visions and not as contrived fantasies for commercial exploitation. Along the same line, Shaver's periodic bouts with paranoid schizophrenia, which, uh, which he struggled to overcome and rigorous, rigorously denied, actually tend to validate the ingenuity of his revelations. He was more the mad prophet than the clever hoaxer. Shaver was so convinced of the physical reality of his cavern world that he totally rejected the occult and paranormal explanations for what we call the supernatural. Shaver believed that all manifestations of ghosts, spirits, demons, and the effects of witchcraft were generated by the Darrows using ancient, long-range mind-control ray machines to confuse and even torture unsuspecting surface dwellers. That's us. Only a mad genius could embrace and propound such a vast super-reality and still claim to be a total materialist. And he did. He, Shaver said he was a total materialist. On the other hand, Raymond Palmer was a traditional occultist with theosophical leanings, and he also believed in the Shaver mystery as he defined it. But he, like many Shaver fans, including this writer, hold that the hidden cavern world is in another, is in another dimension, as close as the mirror on your wall and as far away as the dark side of the moon. Shaver stead, steadfastly refused to make this concession, and yet he produced several works validating the occult and interdimensional concepts. You want to see the Mind Rovers and Amazing January 47 and Hidden World number 5, and, uh, and uh, the Ertis Cliff in, in Amazing Stories uh, 49, and also the essential part of Ertis Cliff is, is in our booklet in, in Beyond the Mary of Second Edition. When you consider that Shaver had recast ancient mythology, including the medieval conceptions of Dante's Inferno, into a modern atomic age setting. His replacing Satan's demons with the Daros of Satanas is not impossible, or even illogical. If a sizable percentage of the American public believes in the physical reality of the devil, and national polls indicate that they do, then what is so hard to swallow in the Schaefer mystery? Perhaps this was the underlying reason why such a concentrated and well-coordinated campaign was launched in the late 1940s and early 1950s to discredit and suppress Shaver's work. At the height of Shaver's popularity, he was driven out of the mainstream media and forced into obscurity. Shaver was not the crude literary barbarian that his critics made him out to be. Although largely self-educated, he came from a family of professional writers. He read the classics from Homer to Dante and devoured the early science fiction of Jules Verne, H.G. Wells, and Abraham Merritt. The latter had a profound influence on Shaver and his mystery. Abraham Merritt was very popular before World War II. His beautifully crafted fantasy adventures involving lost races and ancient magic were presented in that same fictionalized documentary style used by H. Ryder Haggard and Edgar Rice Burroughs. In the days before World War II, this we-must-tell-this-true-story-as-fiction was a literary device that could be considered acceptable. Most readers realized 
that it was just that, a literary device. Remember, the Burroughs used it with John Carter, <laughs> but not Richard S. Shaver. He took merit at his word and believed that the author of The Face in the Abyss and the Moon Pool has given us who know and seek for more information of the hidden ways of life some of the secrets of the antique mechanisms and their hidden places of concealment. And that's in an open letter to the world, Amazing Stories, 1945. Was Shaver right about Merritt? Well, likewise inspired by Abraham Merritt's The Moon Pool, we journeyed out to the Central Pacific and photographed the fantastic ruins of ancient Lemuria, both in the jungle and underwater. We share this real-world part of the quest with you in our cinematic Shaver mystery movie, Beyond Lemuria. Now, that concludes the introduction to Mandark. And uh, I'd like to mention that Mandark, that, that, that you find that, that also the, uh, the Dream Makers has been republished. And his entrance to the cavern world, the way he describes it in Mandark, is also redone in the Dream Makers. A little bit differently. Now, the Dreammakers recounts Shaver's encounter with Nadia differently, but both accounts are obviously astral projections. And yet Shaver continues to insist that the cavern world was real, possibly because in those days, if you heard voices and believed in supernatural creatures like the Darrows, you were considered insane. And Palmer who encouraged Shaver to develop his visionary underworld and helped with creative editing, believed that Shaver was engaging in astral travel, but could not convince Shaver to admit it. And yet, all Shaver's entry accounts are dreamlike. And he finally wrote a story, Ertis Cliff, 1949, amazing, which revealed the real entrance to the cavern world. And we've reprinted this for you in the booklet accompanying the second edition of our 2007 film, Beyond Lemuria, which we released in 2014. And you can get that on Amazon. But for heaven's sake, not on Prime, just regular Amazon, because the Prime, you can only get the original 2007 version. We will read the review from the first American film on the Shaver mystery. Beyond Lemuria! The Shaver Mystery and the Secrets of Mount Shasta, DVD. A digital motion picture in widescreen format, running time 120 minutes, written and produced by Poke Runyon, directed by Gregory Jednak from CHS Productions in association with Maelstrom Press 2007. Now, those familiar with previous CHS DVD occult documentaries, The Magic of Solomon, Dark Mirror of Magic, The Rites of Magic, are in for a surprise when they see Beyond the Myria. Yes, there is a minor element of History Channel-style documentary in this film, but it has worked into the story as a necessary background for what is otherwise a suspenseful, thought-provoking science fiction drama. Beyond Lemuria draws upon two contrasting but related aspects of modern American folklore that Hollywood and the current fantasy fiction industry have forgotten, the 1940s Shaver mystery and the 1930s tradition of Atlantean Lemurian mystic masters on California's mysterious Mount Shasta. Both of these Atlantis Lemuria survival themes were published as true accounts, and both still resonate with thousands of true believers. Science fiction writer and surrealist painter Richard S. Shaver believed in the physical reality of the dark subterranean realm of the Darrows, 
degenerate survivors of Atlantis and Lemuria who still inhabited a secret worldwide network of caverns and used ancient telepathic ray machines to spy on and torture surface people. These demonic humanoids were responsible for much of the evil and mental illness in our surface world, whether real or fanciful. Shaver had created a modern atomic age version of a medieval hell and a new form of demonology. His tales appeared in the popular science fiction magazine Amazing Stories from 1945 through 1950. Beyond Lemuria postulates that Shaver's subterranean Daryl world exists, but that it is in another dimension. This nearby shadow world can be contacted and entered through a vortex generated by a machine called the Intergravitron. The sinister Draconian Society has secretly funded the development of this device and plans to open the vortex at an interdimensional convergence point deep in the lava caves on the northern slopes of Mount Shasta. And there actually is such a cavern complex, and the CHS cast and crew went there on location, filming deep in Pluto's cave and high on the slopes of Mount Shasta. In contrast to the evil Draconians and their subterranean quest, the transcendental Lithonian Brotherhood, headed by Master Phylos, played by Merikrees Hammer, a reincarnated Atlantean magical adept, they journey to Mount Shasta to find spiritual enlightenment. The original story of Phylos was channeled by a 17-year-old boy, Frederick Spencer Oliver, back in the late 19th century, and published early in the 20th century as A Dweller on Two Planets. This book became an occult classic. Phylos was the archetype of all subsequent mystic masters, Atlantean and Lemurian, who have since appeared on the upper slopes of America's sacred mountain. Now, as producer and screenwriter, I chose to present these two totally contrasting and yet closely related themes in a symbolic and artistic expression encapsulating the entire story in the context of an OTA initiation ceremony. Young candidate William Morgan, played by Christopher Sanders, stands before the altar in a mysterious temple. And on the altar are two cups, one white and one black. And uh, we explain that in, in the Crater Report article on this issue. He must choose which cup to drink. And Hermes Trismegistus, played by Lon Milo Duquette, turns over an hourglass, telling us that the decision must be made before the sands run out. Hermes appears again above the summit of Mount Shasta to reveal the deep, deepest secrets of Hermetic philosophy. He shares the mystic mountaintop pulpit with the Master Jesus, played by Paul Clark, who converts a bigoted Christian minister, Reverend Bobby John Rich, as played by Ed Fitch, to a more transcendental version of the gospel. And the fallen angel Samyaza, played by Frater Solomon, Michael Johnson, he appears, we bring in a flying saucer for him. He comes in on a flying saucer. An eight-page booklet, Wisdom of the Avatars of Mount Shasta, is included with the DVD. This publication reproduces the text of each spiritual revelation uh, delivered in the film so that the re viewers can reflect on the philosophy presented. For a background on America's holy mountain and its mythical lore, see my article, Shasta Mountain of Mystery in Atlantis Rising. And, of course, in the new, in the 2014 Beyond Lemuria 2nd Edition, 
which is in the regular Amazon catalog, not Amazon Prime, you get another booklet on the Shaver mystery. Because people were saying, well, you got all this stuff on Mount Shasta in, your, in, the, in, the, in the booklet, in the original booklet, uh, and, and, and they wanted more information on the Shaver mystery, and especially on the, on the interdimensional aspect of it. So, so we, uh, we created another booklet, which has the dear old princess on the cover rather than the fallen angel, so it's a bit sexier. And uh, that's the second edition, and that's the one you want to get because it has the information on the Shaver mystery. Okay, and that concludes that review. Now, among other secrets this film reveals is the Darrow child trafficking racket, baby blood for vampires. The fellow that played Max, the, the intelligence chief in, in Beyond Lemuria, he really was a Green Beret general. And, uh, and I was a Green Beret captain, so I managed to get him uh, get get him to play. He's deceased now. Uh, I managed to get him to play uh, to play the uh, as a shump, in other words, just in silhouette. Uh, he he says uh, uh, talking about how the uh, the villain Zoltan Odescu, why he's actually 107 years old, and Max says uh, Colonel Rich says, well, I've seen this guy. He can't be over 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 45. And Max says, uh, he's 107, Colonel. And Colonel Rich asks him, well, how does he manage that? Baby blood. And they've been stealing kids across the vortex. Now, this baby blood thing has now gone legal in the United States. It was originally started by the Catholic Church, actually, (laughs) by Pope Innocent, believe it or not. In fact, if you don't believe me, look up the Blood Pope video by Jeffrey James on YouTube, the Blood Pope. Just look at that. The Catholic Church developed this baby blood vampire thing. But anyway, it's now been legalized in modern America. They've legalized it. There is also some indication that the Duros and their telepathic ray machines may be connected to recent mind control devices, such as the voice-to-skull technology, which is now declassified by our intelligence community. Even if you don't believe that Shaver's Daros live in a parallel world close to our own, their evil agenda and activities are certainly a metaphor for much of today's social unrest, hatreds, and violence. The tagline for the old X-Files was, remember, the truth is out there. But considering our original ancient astronaut authorities, Messrs. Shaver and Palmer, we might want to say, the truth is down there. Now we encourage you to get Beyond the Myria Second Edition on Amazon. And because the earlier version, as I said, does not have the Shaver Mystery booklet, that's only available with the 2014 Second Edition which is also $5 cheaper than the older Amazon Prime version. So you, you can't, you know, even though you have to wait for it to come in the mail, uh, it's still worth it. We also recommend The Hidden World Number 3, which has a kind of a yellow cover. Yellow cover frames it, which has Mandark and the introduction by myself, and which is also available from Amazon. So just look for The Hidden World Number 3. And remember, it has a yellow cover, and that's still available. So that's all we have for you tonight. The only problem is that there's one thing I want to <laughs> remind you of, and this is the, the ultimate of paranoia. If you know about the Darrows, they know about you. Because if you read about them or think about them or talk about them, 
That's just like saying certain buzzwords over the telephone and the lights flash and the NSA, you know, uh-oh. And, and these guys, the Darrows, are plugged into the universal mind. They monitor, and if you know about them, they know about you, and that's not a good thing. Well, so don't think about them. Okay, that's all for tonight. Good night and good magic.